congregation, we live in a society and in, in a time which seeks constant positive affirmation. We don't want to, uh, we always want to hear that uh, we are told to be okay. There's nothing wrong with us. You will be fine. No worries. There are no losers. Pretend everything is fine. Yeah, our expression, how are you? You don't expect that someone says, well, I do not feel right. Because you want to hear, you know, everything is fine. I think very often it is kind of a masking. Remember the mask? Masking of the bad things with good news or good words. But Scripture is different. Scripture is radical different. As we have read from Ephesians 2, and you, you, but God. In Christ. Friends, in essence, that captures the grace of salvation. And you, we will hear this morning say, the bad news. But God. In Christ. Grace. Grace. Grace is an unmerited favor. One of the divine attributes. And verse 5, by grace. Verse 8, by grace. Verse 7, His grace. Or more personal, to know the God of grace. To know the grace of God. Congregation, do you grasp that? Have you grasped that? I think most of us have grown up in church. Ephesians 2 is but all too familiar to you. But has God's grace changed you? Radically change you. Young people redirected your life. Left you transformed. All the days of your life. Because you have learned grace is a gift. An undeserved gift. Verse 8. For by grace you are saved through faith. Not of yourself. It is the gift of God. Friends, it is an indispensable gift. Because you have learned by, that, by such grace, we did not deserve anything that God would look after you and me. And yet, as the Apostle, as the Lord says, the living word said, in His mercy, in His great love, in His kindness, He gave us His only Son, a costly 
gift. An oh so costly gift. This gift of grace, indispensable and costly, applied to you is life-changing and transformative. So let us then meditate this morning briefly on the grace of salvation as we find it in Ephesians chapter 2, the verses 1 to 10. And not only meditate, but that you will leave this place in wonder and sense of wonder, in all lost in wonder, lifted up in wonder, and you, but God in Christ. To be renewed, to have this fresh experience, friends. He for me. Now we could look at this passage of Scripture as speaking to us as past, present, and future. The verses 1 to 3, the past, present, the verses 4 to 6, the future about the verses 7 to 10, or with the words of the Heidelberg Catechism, speaking about misery, deliverance, and gratitude, and misery, verse 1 to 3, deliverance, verse 4 to 9, gratitude, verse 10. But this morning we will reflect not only, say, grammatically or confessionally, doctrinally, but personally. Meditate from a personal point of view, as, as this passage of Scripture is so personal, eh? And you, and it speaks about we, and it shows us, it shows us in fact three points. The verses 1 to 3 speak of saved from, the verses 4 to 9 speaks of saved by, and verse 10 in particular speaks of saved for. Dus saved from, saved by, and saved for. And you, that is dus each and every one of us, personally. There could be things in your life that you don't want to be reminded of. Or things in your life that you thought they were behind. But then at times they come to the fore and you're reminded of that past. But here in these verses 1 to 3, the Lord reminds us through his word for you... As a Christian, remember you were dead in trespasses and sin. You, in times past, you walked according to the world, according to Satan, according to the flesh. You were by nature children of wrath. That is, God's wrath. And if you are not a Christian this morning, 
you are dead. Spiritual debt. And you walk with worldly ideas and thoughts. And Satan has hold on you. And you are under God's wrath. Even as others, you are not better than anyone else. Congregation, let us be clear this morning. This is the living word of the living God coming to us this morning. You are in Christ or are you not in Christ? You were dead in trespasses and sins or you are right now dead in trespasses and sin. If you are outside Christ, friends, and you have come to church, do you begin to see? Pause for a moment now. Don't, don't push this away, kind of, I don't know grace, I, I don't have a place at the Lord's table. Who, who, who can come to the Lord's table? And yet you are here this morning. And the Lord takes time. He takes time and speaks to you. In his grace, in his love, in his kindness to you. Remember, the, the Lord reminded the saints which are in Ephesus, eh? chapter 1, verse 1, reminds you, saints that are in Kalamazoo, or wherever you come from, reminds you, you were dead, not sick, but dead. Eh? Moralism let you believe you are sick. Build up yourself, you have to work to get better. When you are sick, there are degrees of sickness. You need a doctor, you follow the prescriptions, and you do everything in your power to contribute to restoring and improving your health. But the gospel reminds us, you and me by nature are dead. Romans 3, no one seeks God. Dead to God. No degrees of deadness. No contribution from your and my sight. To be reminded this morning, you have to be raised from that. We have to be made alive. And that, friends, is a one-sided work of God. And nothing less. It is indispensable than the need of radical grace. And you. So begins our text, our chapter. 
As dead ones, we were stepping with false steps that has trespassed through this world, missing the mark, sin, a time in which you, or have you forgotten? Kind of, it is something of the past, we don't talk about that anymore. A time in which you were without Christ. A time that you were resident aliens, no citizens. Foreigners, strangers from the covenant of promise. No hope. That there was such a time in your life. Without God in the world. And so you walked. And so you walked. According to the ideological ideas of the world. Living worldly, the ways of the world. Obsessed and captivated by the things of the world. And you know how you walked in life. The apostle writes, according to the prince of the power of the air, satanic forces, enslaved to sin, addiction, porno or otherwise, leading to disobedience, according to the lust of the flesh, being selfish, being full of yourself, directed in all things to yourself. We can also render the text words, fulfilling the cravings of our flesh and indulging its desires and thoughts. And therefore... And therefore you were children of wrath. By nature, children of wrath. This apostle reminds us in Romans 3, now we know. Do you know what you know? Now we know that whatever the law says, it speaks to those that are under the law so that every mouth may be stopped and the whole world may be held accountable to God. Guilty be for God. And time that you are, that you were sinner before God. Have you grasped that? Do you remember? Time in your life, experience, not the labor of my hands, can fulfill thy law demands. Could my zeal no respite? No. Could my tears forever flow? All could never sin erase. Thou must save and save by grace. Nothing in my hands I bring. Have you come to terms with death in your life? Yeah, maybe it is a long time ago. But you are reminded this morning, so, so, that the, so that the grace, the gift of grace, Christ, shines all the brighter against this black background of self and sin. Do you see, are you reminded of your need that grace is indispensable? And then to hear this gospel, to be reminded, to be reminded also this morning, but God, 
but God. Friends, I think when we, when we begin to realize those words, eh? over against and you, but God. Don't you think we need an eternity for this to wonder about this amazing gospel more than a church service? But God. Oh, I hope and pray that this wonder of grace comes afresh and anew again this morning. Does this free gift of grace humbles you again? This life-changing gift of radical grace. Eh? There are all kinds of gifts. Eh? When you have, say, for example, a telephone bill on the table in your house, $50, and a friend of yours comes in and picks up the bill and pays it for you, you say, well, that is nice. Uh, thank you. An unexpected gift. But when you need a heart surgery, a heart surgery for hundreds of thousands of dollars and you are poor and needy and bankrupt, it is a life and death situation and someone comes along and pays the entire bill, you fall on your knees and worship in unending gratitude. A gift can be free, that is one thing. But in heart surgery, giving your life is indispensable. But God. But God that reminds us of being saved by. First four, but God who is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. God in his grace in his rich mercy, in his great love, in his grace, mercy and love, wherewith he loved you and me, who were by nature children of wrath, wherewith he loved you and me, guilty before God, loved us, even when we were dead in sins, even when you walked in times past, worldly, as spiritually dead ones, even then, he loved us. Do you grasp? Do you see? Does it unfold anew for the first time before your eyes? The riches of God's mercy. The greatness of His love. The gift of grace, this gift of salvation. This is your hope. It is your only hope and refuge and comfort in life. In the life of your children and grandchildren if you have them. Even in times when you are discouraged as parents, when, the, when you look to their walk in life, in times that you wonder where is God in all of this? Does he not hear my prayers? This hope and comfort... This reminder this morning, but God, in His mercy, 
in his grace, in his love. It is he who has made us alive. Eh? Verse 5, has quickened us. And young people, that changes your life completely. Your priorities in life change completely. You begin to think differently. You begin to act differently. You, you are not directed to yourself, being selfish, but directed to God. There's a desire to become Christ-like, experience, as the catechism says, a sincere joy of heart in God through Christ. There are times when the Lord works in your heart that you taste the bitterness of sin and the sweetness of Christ. And it can be sometimes very mixed, but in love and delight, delight to love, to love for God, being made alive from that. That, that. that is the wonder of grace this morning, to be reminded on. And what more, and that makes the wonder all too great, and made us alive from death to life, says the apostle, together with Christ. That what we could and cannot accomplish in ourselves, God provided for us. His only and beloved Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He gave everything that He had. His Son. This unspeakable, rich, grace and merciful gift. Christ. That name. Above all name. By which we must be saved. From our deadness, trespasses, sins and wrath of God. Then only in and through Christ we are saved and can be saved. That is the hope for this world. And the hope for the church. And the hope for your children and grandchildren. Your hope and comfort. As the apostle reminds us in chapter 1 verse 7. Christ in whom we have redemption through his blood. Have you grasped that? That, 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 that? that blood that cleanses from all your sins? Then through Christ, the forgiveness of sins, forgiven and forgotten. The Lord says through Jeremiah, for I, and maybe he reminds you this morning, I will forgive their iniquities and I will remember their sin no more. Do you hear? That is who the Lord Jesus Christ is for sinners. I will remember their sin, your sin, no more. And the apostle says in chapter 1, according to the riches of his grace. Friends, what a contrast with the accordings of the self and the Satan and the world in verse 2 of our text chapter. Saved from sin. Saved by God in Christ. This grace of salvation. It is not only indispensable, but also costly. So costly friends. Then in him writer writes, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones he came to save, 
Still on that cross as Jesus died. The wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on him was laid. Also those sins you are struggling with. Every sin of you was laid on him. Being made alive together with Christ. Resurrected with him. Raised. And can be raised from your deadness and sins. By his power. Raised up to a new life. And as his resurrection. Is your resurrection. Sometimes you stand at a, at a grave site. And recently. My wife and I had. Done it a number of times over the summer. But when you see God's child, God's child being buried, eh? it's not the end. It's not the end. No, no. Look forward to the day of the resurrection. Do you live with this hope of the resurrection, friends, in your life? The hope of the resurrection. There's a spiritual transformation then. Eh? More, moral, moral reformation comes by uh, and looking at the rules and conforming to it. But, but spiritual re- uh, transformation comes from looking to Christ. Is he your refuge? Is he your strength? Is he your comfort? Can you not miss him anymore? Standing, looking to Jesus, meditating in awe and wonder of undeserved grace, mercy, and forgiveness. What more shall I say? Because the time would fail me. When this grace of salvation grasps you and holds you together with Christ, He made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Or as the apostle stated in chapter 1, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ and set him him in his own right hand in heavenly places. There's not only his resurrection, but also his session and intercession together with Christ in heaven. That is, your head is in heaven... That is what grace works, though your feet are still on the earth. That is time. That is by times also that heaven comes down into your heart. That even sometimes in the most challenging times in your life that you can say, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. My heart and my flesh fails, but God, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. And that is the grace of salvation, not only once, but continues even now. But I hear one say in our midst that grace 
if I'm not mistaken, I cannot deny that I was blind and now see. I cannot deny that Christ became precious to me, that God is so rich in mercy to me, in his loving kindness to me, that there are times and still I have that sincere sorrow of heart that I grieve God by my sin and that I desire to hate and flee from sin. But then to hear sitting together with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So often it is the old man I am so, 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 so earthly so focus on the here and now. This struggle that goes on for the good that I would not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. And then to hear, sit with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. It's true. But we are reminded this morning and, and lifted up in wonder, despite despite my struggle of the old and the new men, to have this anchor of the Christian life, your anchor by grace is in Christ, who intercedes for you, for each of his children in heaven. Praise now that your faith fails not together with him, the already, but not yet. Now in the beginning. And one day forever saved by God in Christ that he showed his exceeding riches of his grace to you and still do despite whom you are and who you were before him in his kindness towards us through Christ Jesus kindness kindness where we deserved wrath. But in Christ, and with Christ, and through Christ, united with Him, this union and communion. You know what that means? Not only that all that is His, has become and is mine by grace. His righteousness, His holiness, becomes my righteousness and holiness in Him before God. But this union with Christ also means that all that is mine, my sins and my shortcomings, my struggles, my flaws and failings, Things that happened in the past and you wondered, how can I live after this? Friends, here is how. All that is mine becomes His. Became His. He who knew no sin, He has made Him to be sin for us, so that we may make the righteousness of God in Him. This holy exchange he for me. Where he was condemned to die. 
that you can be pardoned and that you might be freed from your sin. Where he endured the suffering and death of the cross so that you might be acquitted of the judgment seat of God that we may live through him. Where he has taken upon himself the curse due to us so that he will fill us with his blessings. And where he humbled himself and was forsaken by God, crying out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? So that you might forever be accepted by him, so that you are never be forsaken of him. Do you begin to understand this wonder, O oh, depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. This is his costly This is his costly, but gracious and generous gift to you this morning. It is not of yourself, not of any work, lest any man should boast. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. Does that not give you joy? Leave you in wonder? And stand in amazement again. This wonderful, this wonderful joy, I do not belong to myself, but to my faithful, oh so faithful, Savior Jesus Christ. Does that not humble you? And therefore, as the Catechism says, don't you have a love and delight to live according to the will of God in all good works? Or with the words of our text in verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Look, moralism teaches you walk upright and you deserve salvation. But the gospel reminds us this morning, not only being saved from, being saved by, but also saved for. Saved for this purpose. In the Greek says, we are his poema, we are his work, his work of art in Christ. For this reason, unto good works. The Catechism says in Lord's Day 33, good works are only those that which proceed from a true faith. That faith, verse 8, by grace you are saved, true faith. Good works are performed according to the law of God. To do them out of gratitude, thanksgiving, friends, and not to return to the works of the Lord. Did you begin in the Spirit? And now return to perfect your life by flesh? No, says the apostle in Galatians 3. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the Lord, having becoming a curse for us. And therefore, we have been saved for, with this purpose, unto good works, according to the law of God. And to the glory of Him. Glory is the most weighty and important thing in your life. 
En wat dus dan de Lord required of you concerning good works to his glory. To give but one example, the Lord reminds us to make but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. For that reason, for what purpose are you saved? Is it not to do justly, because Christ took the judgment that you and I deserved? Would you not be a dispenser of justice, of that what is right? To love mercy? Because by nature we are children of wrath, and yet for Christ's sake, God is so rich. So unspeakable rich in mercy. Should we therefore not love mercy? And to walk humbly with your God, for Christ's sake, who in his active obedience, where he was in perfect obedience to the law of God, walked a life on earth that you and I should have walked and lived. Does the Lord require us too much of us to walk humbly in gratitude for what Christ has done for you and me with your God? First then, good works, that we should walk in them. Is there an imitatio Christi, an imitation of Christ in our life by grace? Having this mind, says the apostle, this mind among yourself, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who emptied himself by taking the form of a servant. Friends, how is, how is your life? How is our life? Is there an active servant, Christ-like living found in our life? But read carefully the text of verse 10. Eh? For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has ordained before. That is passive. That we should walk in them. That is active. That is the tranquility of the Christian life. As a 19th century reformed French pastor wrote, the secret of the saint is active and passive. Good work, which God has before ordained, even that is a gift of grace but to live out of grace. Do you, have you grasped, friends, that Christ is a complete Savior? Not only that He obtained salvation, but also works salvation for this purpose, working in us to do God's works. They are prepared beforehand. The same word that Apostle used in Romans 9. And that he make, might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy. That is who we are eh, by grace. Vessels of his rich mercies. Which he had afore prepared unto glory. And doing good works for his glory. Not to do it for applause or self-gratification, but to his glory. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And therefore, and that goes together in the Christian life, that we should walk in them. This is the way, walk you in it, active for Christ's sake. As a commentator once wrote, and so dear friend, take heed that you are fulfilling the purpose for which you have received this new life. And let us all remember the order in which being and doing come. We must be good first, and then only then we shall do good. That is, we must have Christ for us first. He is our sacrifice. He is our substitute. He is our savior and our means of receiving that new life. And then Christ in us, the soul of our souls, the life of our life, the source of all goodness and doing good. That is God's love in Christ. Love so amazing, so divine. This infinite, marvelous, Matchless grace of salvation. Would you not join the hymn writer? That demands my soul, my life, my all. Wonderful, eh? That amazing, gracious gift. Saved from sin. Saved by a Savior and saved for service. And you, but God, in Christ and Him alone, that, friends, is the grace of salvation. Amen. Let us pray. Lord will apply thy grace for Christ's sake in each and every heart and life of all of us. And will give by grace that we may wonder and stand in amazement. When we have heard who we are by nature, but God in Christ. Lord, will give that thy word bear fruit in our life, also for this new week. Remember us in thy mercy, the furnace of this day. Bless the words of our brother Kelderman this evening, that as congregation, that we continue in this new week, strengthened by thy word,
set by thy word and direct our life to thee, the Lord Jesus Christ, our only comfort in life and in death. And we pray it in his name. Amen.